0: Hello and welcome to the Government Digital Service podcast. My name is Laura Stevens, and I'm a writer here at GDS. Today we're speaking about mental wellbeing at GDS. We've chosen to highlight this now as November is Men's Mental Health Month, but we will be talking about mental health and wellbeing in the workplace more generally today. And to tell me more is Ben Carpenter. So please can you introduce yourself and what you do here at GDS and your role in supporting mental wellbeing here.
1: Hello. Um, yeah, I'm Ben Carpenter. I'm an inclusive services lead in the service di- design and assurance program um, and I co-lead the well-being working group and I was, before we kind of rebranded as the well-being uh, working group, I was the uh, lead of the mental health network.
0: So can you tell me a bit about the GDS mental health network and where it fits into the uh, well-being group here at GDS?
1: Uh, well the mental health network used to be kind of everything in the mental well-being space now um, now that we're we're expanding things to try and incorporate all aspects of well-being physical and mental um, the mental health network in that name really comprises basically of a of a Slack channel and a newsletter, and of, the, and of the people within the Slack channel, that's not to trivialise it because those things that are really important, and a lot of work goes into those things. So the Q and As, etc. But um, whereas we used to refer to GDS's mental GDS's mental health network as being all things mental well being, I'd now say that's more falls on the, under the whole well being banner.
0: So these Q and As, these are regular anonymous peer led mental well being Q and As on Slack, and can you describe some of the topics that come up?
1: We organise those around topics that staff nominate and then vote for their preference, mm-hmm. and the, so the topics can just vary all the time, from um, imposter syndrome to anxiety, general anxiety, to uh, dealing with heavy workloads, to dealing with um, a, a lack of a heavy workload, having had you know changes in yeah. fluctuations in workload. Yeah. That's what you say. Um, um, bereavement and loss. Uh, you know, uh, just the full range of emotional challenges
0: and how have you found people have responded to the network
1: um so it's not my day job at all it's it's like it's it's says it should be a fraction of my time and often it takes up a, a big fraction of my time <laughs> um but it's a funny area to work in and on because it's hard to get feedback on success so the nature of the nature of the the topic nature of the beast is you might not hear from people even if something's going really well um part, a good example would be the Q and A's that we hold on Slack each month. Yeah. So you have an anonymous route through through uh, in those Q and A's to ask questions or answer questions, and you never know how many people are watching and reading. You never know how many people read the transcripts for information afterwards. So it can be very, it can be a very kind of quiet space to work in. You can, I sometimes think, oh God, is this, well, is this working, Is it worth it? But you, when you do get feedback, it's very, very positive. And, um but but yeah, it's often hard to put a ta- something more tangible on that sort of prove value. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's the, it's hard to know exactly what. Is most valuable to users, but I think it's really used by users. I, I always talk about <laughs> us. I talk about the network as a and the wellbeing group as a, as a service, and we should think of staff here as a, here as our users because I, I firmly believe we should be a user centred um, service. So
0: sort of like um, doing the GDS principles in all aspects.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this more than anything, right? As a, if you are going to try and help people with their wellbeing, you should be doing it in a way that you believe to be organised around what they need.
0: And so, yeah, um, a sort of more general question as well. So why, um, which might sound obvious, but I think it's good to ask it anyway, is why is it important to have a mental health network um, or a wellbeing group at all? What does it bring to the workplace?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, you tell me. (laughs) I mean, so it was a facetious question, as in you tell me, because I I always (laughs) think I want want the GDS staff and colleagues to say why they appreciate the network's efforts or or presence. But we know that... um, uh, well, it's people with with healthy well-being are generally more productive in their work. So on a boring sort of corporate side, you know, people work better. But we're also a human-centred organisation. I, th- I think we are. I'm a human-centred person. <laughs> so I take on this work because I care about people here. And so there's no, to me, there shouldn't have to be any metric in terms of productivity or sort of value, because mm-hmm. it's just the right thing to do. I mean, imagine, flip that around, imagine a workplace where nobody thought or took the time to organize around the staff's well-being now that we're now that we're doing this work and we have things like the time to change pledges and commitments that we've made as an organization and we have a bunch of people in a working group saying hang on let's try and provide things that the the staff need and to improve their well-being it seems perverse to everything you wouldn't do that
0: and can you talk a bit about the Time to Change Pledge that you've mentioned? I
1: can a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so Alison, uh, Director General, signed the pledge last month or the month before. So Time to Change is a charity mm-hmm. and they um, they help organisations like us, companies and organisations to um, make a stack of commitments. So we've got seven commitments under the Time to Change Pledge. Um, but it covers things like uh, encouraging staff to be able to be frank about their mental health, training line managers to have conversations with staff about mental well-being uh, or, and, and broader well-being. Um, all senior civil servants here are going to uh, go through some training on um, well-being uh, awareness and, and support. Um commitments in there as well around mental health first aid
0: i mean i was really interested when i was researching this to hear about the mental health first aiders um and when did they get brought in at gds well
1: so they they exist and some people bring that brought those skills with them to gds some people had were able to go on mental health first aid training courses while they were here but what we're doing at the moment is trying to organize that group of people because again they're just volunteers these are not paid there's not a paid role these are people who, who are volunteering to be mental health first aiders for their colleagues so what we're trying to do is move away move away perhaps from a sort of setup that we might have had before it was like oh you know that bloke over there happens to have been trained as first aid everyone go and talk to him if they're miserable and instead, we're, instead <laughs> we're trying to say hang on there are 800 staff here yeah right how many mental health first aiders do we need to be able to look after or provide that kind of support to that number of staff. Mm-hmm. We're, what we're aiming for is one in one in fifty. So for every fifty members of staff, there's a mental health first aider.
0: What are they qualified to do? What are they not qualified to do? And why would you go to them?
1: They're not practi- they're not um, mm-hmm. practitioners. They are listeners. They're and they're um, confidential listeners and signposters. Uh, and as simple as that sounds, to do that um, in a robust and reliable way. Without yourself uh, struggling too much, perhaps with what you're, what you might be talking to people about, takes a couple of days training. But yes, it's. I think it's really important to run that as a service, not as a thing that just happens. By which I mean, base it on what we believe users need. Make sure it's run in a, sustain, a sustainable way. You wouldn't want to have 15 first aiders now, and then you talk to me in a year, and we've suddenly only got three. Yeah. So you've got to know. You've got to know how many we need, we've got to have funding for that, we've got to be constantly making sure that we've got volunteers to take on those roles if needed and so on.
0: And how do you think? I mean, how many? How long have you been at GDS?
1: 2013, six years.
0: And how have you seen uh, support for mental health um, change since two thousand thirteen?
1: Well, uh, I, do you know when I first here? I probably wasn't thinking about it very much. Mm-hmm. It was much more of a sort of startup feel, very whirlwind. I've been more and more open about my own mental health mm-hmm. as well uh, in recent years. I mean, I've always been pretty open about it because I talk, I talk to anyone, but um, about anything. But <laughs>
0: that, that's how you're on this podcast. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I think I've also more, uh, more not proudly is the wrong word, less self-consciously happy to um, be known f- for having some mental health challenges while in the workplace with my colleagues. Mm-hmm. That was probably something I would have felt less comfortable doing. Even in the early, early days at GDS, um, and, pr- and definitely at previous organisations I've worked for, uh, I would always have shared that sort of thing with line management or friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would have sat on a podcast saying I lead this network as best I can, and I also have mental health challenges. And occasionally I will write about that on Slack or a blog post or something. Um, so that's that's something that's changed for me. But I wouldn't. I, I, I think I think the signing of the time to change um, pledge is a big deal for GDS it's Mm -hmm. a public statement under those seven areas Um, and so in terms of policy um, you know the the mental health first aid commitments within that are they're really good and they're really big so it's up to us all to actually make sure they happen.
0: Would there be any other things you'd like to see um, change here at GDS or and good practices um, or you've seen elsewhere that you might want to bring in here?
1: I'm really pleased with the with the direction things are going it would it, it really does just come down to people and time mm. um I, i'd say that that you fully user-centered approach to what we provide is something that i'd like to see really properly embedded across all of our well-being um mental health work and i mm. and personally i'm much less interested on working on something that i don't know or have good confidence to be useful for people I my colleagues that I work with in terms of their mental health so I don't want to just tick any boxes I don't want to I don't want to make us look nice within the civil service I don't I no, you don't want to pay
0: lip service to something right.
1: it can it can sound repetitive but I think it's really the thing that matters so mm-hmm. for me with well, well-being it might be that the very best thing this organization can do for its staff is to continue to provide places for them to talk continue to train the line managers continue to play uh, Train mental health first aiders. um, Continue to run things like the Q and As and speaking events to make make people feel. Even if they never speak up and say, "Oh, that was brilliant. I love that talk," you know. Even if they're very quiet about it or silent about it, we know that it's valuable to staff for these things to take place. So we don't have to be coming up with new things. Mm -hmm. Might just keep doing simple, quiet, useful things, uh, but which isn't always cool and isn't always popular. But that's that's what I like.
0: How would you say the mental health sort of practices here, employee wellbeing, compares to other workplaces? Or have you spoken um, in your work with this network? Have you spoken to other people from other workplaces, and have they brought in ideas or useful ideas? There? Lots of
1: people are really impressed and pleased uh, to see that what GDS has set up in by the way of this open this open spaces to be able to talk about this mm-hmm. um, and uh, the and the net and the network and the community around to support people but mo- lots of people who come into GDS say gosh this is this is new to me I, yeah. this is remarkable in that just that it exists um,
0: do you think if there's um, if people are finding best practice here at GDS is there a potential for it to uh, be shared across other government departments obviously if you're involved and you go elsewhere you can take that
1: there are there is there is a cross-government network people do try and share ideas and approaches Um, we did try and pool approaches to um, mental health first aid provision and training and business cases to support uh, the recruitment of people to do that for example
0: So there's that opportunity for if stuff has been learnt here and tried and it's found to work?
1: Yes, we need to get better at um, blogging about what we do and what works mm. you know we've done done a couple of blog posts but not not enough really
0: yeah i mean i saw your there was a slack A one and yeah
1: wrote up that and that's that was good so i did a blog post about the q a's that i've been talking about <laughs> and um th- you know, i've had three or four organizations i've had meetings with since then to show them how we do it and they've gone off and run their own
0: and how does that make you feel like sort of it's sort of out in the open now it's sort of being spread. nice yeah, yeah it's good
1: It's such a simple idea but it's behind the scenes it's it's um surprisingly sort of complicated to make sure you're asking trying to ask, field questions in a sensitive way mm-hmm. really keep on top of them and the last thing you'd want would be to miss miss questions coming in or feel like people i wouldn't want staff here to th- i'd be mortified if i thought staff here felt it was sort of poorly curated or was not sensitive to their yeah um needs or feelings
0: so do you think things like um the network the wellbeing group um are sort of help encouraging people at gds to to say that it's okay to to say that i have mental health have you seen that as a response in your in that anecdotally or
1: anecdotally, yeah, definitely anecdotally. I know that m- many of the comments we see on the Slack channel, either through the Q&A sessions or just spontaneously, are people saying, You know, I feel so, so glad this network exists. I feel so glad this is something people talk about here. I feel supported by the existence of this channel and, and that you guys are here piping up with this stuff and it's not taboo, or it's not taboo here. Our Slack channel, I know Slack is just Slack, but it's the second most the second most number of people in it of all the channels on GDS's is slack really? after the community so you know and that's nobody's been forced onto there so people come in to to read and listen um yeah so we get, it, it's another very hard thing to measure and
0: can anyone on that slack channel if you're part of the Slack channel can anybody uh respond to anybody else or is it just if you're part of the, uh if a mental health first aider or is it just open to no all no
1: people? it's just an open forum so that's why i think the uh, the anonymity of the um q and a's is so valuable mm-hmm. um, so what we do with the q and A's is a two-hour session every month um, and you can post questions in, through an anonymous Google form in advance which I, I or whoever's coordinating the session that month would get and copy and paste them into slack basically yeah. just say here's a question and then people reply as a thread within slack um, and they could if they if they don't want to answer the question publicly either um, so we get last time out i think there were a dozen questions none of them posted live Mm -hmm. so nobody wanted to ask what they wanted to ask straight into slack with their name next to it maybe some of them would have if there hadn't been an anonymous route but if if it didn't matter they would have done it um what's the opposite of anonymous anonymous
0: (laughs) Anonymous? identifiable
1: yeah right they would have been happy to be identified so so if 12 people asked 12 questions anonymously to me that's a massive indicator in itself. That have of an organisation of 800 people, on a Slack channel of three or four hundred people, you get a dozen. You know, you. I, I don't know. What, you, you imagine there are a dozen who do dare to ask an anonymous of question. Course, yeah. There must be a whole stack more who are finding iceberg. it hard. Right. It might not be a massive iceberg, but it's still. An indicator,
0: and people. How uh, do people respond? Uh, like, do you have to monitor the responses, or do you just let people respond how they would like?
1: I keep an eye on them for worrying signs, but noth- nothing else. We never claim for it to be something of experts. It's a peer-to-peer yeah. support thing. Um, it was only actually a couple of months ago, to be as a confession, uh, running the Q and A's, and I thought you know, it's always been in the back of my mind, worrying that we get a really a, a scary message in yeah. on a, an, an anonymously and you think, cool. oh my god there's somebody here who's gonna hurt themselves or hurt someone else or sounds really on the brink I'd always thought that felt like a risk mm-hmm. of doing the Q&A's but to be honest actually just it's only a risk of hearing about those thoughts and not a risk of creating those thoughts necessarily mm-hmm. so it was only then that we suddenly jumped up and said well, we need to have a statement ready so I do have while I'm running the q and As, I'm ready with a document if I get something like that I would paste a uh, copy and paste my message this agreed comms message that we've agreed with comms and senior management mm. across all staff as an email and across all the slack channels as, as a message not just the Q and A. say if you sent this message containing this word so we wouldn't mm. share all of it but just to make sure they knew we were talking to them mm. then please contact one of. and anyway, we'd lead with 999 and um yeah. or talk to a first aider. you know we'd give them contact options i mean it it's an odd um Yes, yeah, and lead leading a network like this mm-hmm. and getting involved in this kind of work, I feel a I do feel a massive sense of responsibility. Yes, um, and in a way, that's one of the things that makes me want us to do less really well, rather than take on too much. So sometimes in the network, it can be hard in the working group for all of us to find the time just to meet and mm-hmm. just to organise ourselves, just to provide a few events and speakers and get posters up and you know sell some pin badges and. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, coffee mornings—that kind of can be hard, just yeah. even to get to that level. So, I feel like whatever we do, I want us to do it well, rather than lots of things averagely.
0: And how are you, you said um, there about feeling this responsibility, particularly for a network um, that deals with things like this? Um, how are you supported in running this?
1: Uh, David Dilly is the um, is our um, mental health champion at GDS, mm-hmm. and senior civil service, senior civil servant, mm-hmm. and um, Fiona James is the wellbeing champion so i can talk to either of them mm-hmm. whenever i like um abby peel is co-leads the well-being working group with me yeah. so we work really nicely together abby's brilliant and is actually m- much more of like tour de force behind <laughs> the stuff that does get done in the working group so um and, you know, i've got my line manager and i've got the first aiders, and i've got the q and a's this whole thing is a curve co- is, is just therapeutic for me right yeah. that's why that's why I'm doing this because it this gives me it's my own private brilliant <laughs> therapy network. Uh, all the anonymous questions on the Q and A's I just are mine. For example, I make them all up like myself. That's not true. That's not true. Um, so, so you are supported. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And can you you were saying so mental health is part of the well-being group? Can you talk a bit more about the well-being group and the well and its aims? So yeah,
1: so we had we had the mental health network which was as the title suggests, quite focused just on mental health mm-hmm. and I think quite rightly um, particularly when Fiona um, joined GDS and, and is is the senior well-being champion for for GDS. This
0: is Fiona James. Yes,
1: yeah. sorry, yes. Um, you know, it's, it's correct I think to pull everything together in terms of well-being and say, uh, because we know there's such strong links between physical well-being and mental well-being for starters and if we're trying to say you know, a, a, a bit of a common tropey type phrase about mental health is like well if you broke your arm you go and see the doctor so when you're feeling down why don't you go you know yeah. which is a bit of a an ugly comparison that mm-hmm. made in, in those because it's, it's, they're not comparable really but we should be we should be trying to bring them together so to totally normalize mental health mm-hmm. we, we're not we nobody's got any qualms about physical health or moaning about physical health so let's moan about our mental health let's yeah. be honest about it let's ask for help so that's the evolution of that and I will really welcome it in many ways the discrepancy between bothering to split these things up is really just a semantic exercise a lot of the time mm-hmm. ditto for um, so there's a daily meditation session 10 minute session happens every day anyone can go 10 minutes of peaceful reflection that's meditation it's not It's not. doesn't happen on on my watch right we don't talk about it in well-being peer group yeah. um, but everything to do with there's a running club that takes place every every um well at least every week I'm not sure how often they run Uh, no I can't say I'm part of that so I don't know (laughs) mental health doesn't all have to be about crisis Mm. it's just about ongoing care um yeah, looking after yourself.
0: Are there any sort of tips you can give me to uh, create a better workplace for mental health um, for employee well-being?
1: If you if you're looking to provide this for staff rather than you're somebody yourself who has mental health challenges and you think, what can I do? I'm at work. What can I do? I think it's the openness of the topic is the is primary. Um, so be bold and brave enough to stand up and say, "Here's what I struggle with." Um, I, and uh, you know talk to people t- say give that message out loud ask people to reflect back to you how they feel does it bring any bells with them mm-hmm. so I think I think um, I think there's been so Helen Nichols who ran the mental health network before I joined it as well um, I feel like she really leads, led by example, you know, she wasn't afraid, still isn't afraid <laughs> to stand up and say, this is what I struggle with and this is how I deal with it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you can't do that, then it's going to be hard to expect other people to mm-hmm. sort of come out of their shells and start to talk about things that might help them, uh, in a way that might help them, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really helps to have um, champions, people who will will um, treat this seriously, and, but and not as a taboo.
0: So be open, be bold, be honest, and have champions. Yes, keep talking. <laughs> Would be your sort, of, yeah, and yeah. make sure that you you there's a space as well, I guess. For people to be able to have these open I think sessions. we have to
1: be really aware in organizations that it's a massive luxury and privilege to be able to to be frank about your mental health mm-hmm. it can take a massive amount of privilege so I'm a I'm a white middle-aged man um, with uh, with every every privilege really so and and career wise I'm probably pretty robust I don't just I don't mean in DDS they could sack me tomorrow but <laughs> I just mean um, I have the luxury of being able to stand up and mm-hmm. say you know uh, the reason I couldn't come to work last week for a couple of days was you know, mental health mm-hmm. to expect that of everybody is not fair mm-hmm. uh, so it, I think it falls upon people who do have those privileges to to use that capital a bit mm-hmm. and try and break those taboos because it's massively biased towards people like me
0: and how do you I get in touch with the mentor how do I join um, the well-being group
1: you go on the slack channel, you listen, you ask questions it's not something you can join it's just there for you it's not a club um the, the only aspect of it which is a club is that you need to join the slack channel if you want to read what people are asking or saying, but even within there it can only be, it, from for a few days at a time it may only be a little nice bits of chat and people asking questions or sharing things they've read so it's not um It's not intense. Mm -hmm. If you want to get involved, if you want to give help, you might want to train to be a first aider. If you want to give help, you might want to put the Q&A's in your diary uh, last Friday of every month, 10 till 12 in the morning, and and listen to people and offer them your support, if not expertise. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Now, certainly the Q&A, some of the feedback I've had is, it's so good just to be able to write this down and be heard, even if people didn't know it was me who said it. And people just say, oh, "I hear you," is valid. You're fine. It's okay to think that and feel that. So you don't have to be, like I say, a, a, you know, a, a therapist going on there with amazing clinical advice. If you so, if you want to give help, those those are good ways to do that. Or you could you could offer t- you could think about what you could talk about if you've had challenges of your own. Anything. If you want to receive help, so if you need help, then there's a mental health first aiders look on the wiki search for mental health support look at all look at the well-being pages on there see what um, activities and timetables there are for you to get involved with go to the yoga sessions go on the lunchtime walks Go to abby's crafting sessions dial into the Q&A's call the cabinet office listening service um, call your, go and call you're going to see your GP you know whatever you think works for you um, the most important thing is to do something it can, it can be anything
0: so i um, if I'm listening and I'm not a GDS so I can't join the slack um, how would be uh, a good way to get in touch with you if I want to find out more about setting up a stack um, channel at my own organization um, or running this sort of network
1: totally happy to be emailed Um Ben dot carpenter digital dot cabinet hyphen office dot gov dot UK that sounds right. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can't give mental health advice, but I will <laughs> talk to you about um, what we do as per this podcast. And so I often talk about um, leaning forward. And I think this is actually the name of the Facebook CEO's book, wasn't it? recently, and I think she stole it from me, which is <laughs> the analogy being, if you want to jump off a really high diving board and you're terrified of it, don't go up to the top of the diving board and think, now I'm going to jump 200 feet into this cold water. Just go to the top of the diving board and lean forward a little bit and think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to lean forward. And before you know it, you'll be, you know, you'll be, um, you'll be in the water swimming around, <laughs> right? So yeah. I, I think, uh, as with any life's big challenges, take the first step and then just try and let the other steps follow
0: so thank you to Ben for talking to us today about mental health and employee wellbeing. You can listen to all episodes of the Government Digital Service podcast on Apple Music, Spotify and all other major podcast platforms. And you can read the transcripts on Podbean. Again, thank you very much to Ben for joining. Thank you. Goodbye.